Welcome to the Kingdom at Hand podcast. I am Pastor Joe Faldet from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota. We are continuing our walk through the book of Judges. Today we're looking at Judges 2, verses 16 through 18, asking the question, why Judges? Why did God raise up Judges? If you ever want to watch any of these podcasts, you're always welcome to check out our YouTube site. Our handle there is Hosanna Free Lutheran Church. Judges 2. Verses 16 through 18. And I read in Jesus' name. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they whored after other gods and bowed down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their fathers had walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord. And they did not do so. Whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge. And he saved them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who afflicted and oppressed them. Let us pray. Father, as we come to study, to understand, to apply these passages, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work even in us. Lord, that we might see and understand what you have for us. Lord, that you might be glorified in us and that we might grow and become more like Christ. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <laughs> I, I think about uh, an old joke that I heard, you know, when, when we have a blizzard day like this, there was a bad weather and the pastor opened up the church because he lived in a parsonage next to the church and he opened up the church to have the service and and nobody showed up and nobody showed up and finally one guy came and showed up and the pastor said, well, since um, where two or three are gathered, their Christ is as well and if if a farmer only has one cow come to the trough, he still feeds them. So he gave them the whole, you know, the whole spiel, the whole half an hour sermon and the man was sitting there and the After the service was done, the pastor said, So, I'm glad that you came. And the man said, You know, I'm glad I came too. But as a farmer, you know, if we have just one cow come, we don't give him all the feed. (laughs) So 15 minutes today. (laughs) Oh, so... um, the service is already pretty short, so, you know, we'll see what happens. But today we're going to be looking at why did God use judges? And it's an interesting question to ask because oftentimes when we're studying the book of Judges, the question comes up, why did God use judges? Like, who are these people? These people are terrible human beings. And, you know, like, Jephthah probably killed his own daughter, which, having a daughter, I can understand that. No, um... <laughs> At times, not in general, not in general. I'm just joking. Love my kids. Um, <laughs> it's okay, Steph. You're still alive. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, why would God use these people? What's going on? What's happening? What's the purpose of the book of Judges? What are the purposes of these judges? Who are they? Well, the judges were people of the people. And so it says, then the Lord raised up judges. These were men 
Yeah, I, would, I guess I would personally argue that Deborah really wasn't a judge. Um, she was a prophetess. There's debate there. Whatever. But there were men and maybe a woman that, well, it's maybe a woman. It wasn't Jael. Jael was, she never called a prophetess um, or, a, or a judge, judges, judge for that matter. So maybe Deborah, so men and maybe a woman who God raised up to, from the people. And, and that's important. God's not just bringing in some strangers. He's not calling someone from another land to come and to fix their problems. He's not coming, calling from someone from outside. He's not even sending angels down to do these things. But rather, the judges were just men of the people. And when we think about that as Christians, that actually becomes really important. Because what sort of gifts or abilities or talents or what sort of person do you need to be to be used by God? Do you have to be some great person that God has born in another land and then brings them in? Like, no, that's not how God works. God isn't just looking for someone that's got all of the talents and all of the abilities, and this person can do everything wonderfully. That's not the people who God uses. God just grabs someone who is faithful, someone who seems to trust Him, because that's one of the consistencies throughout the book of Judges. You can have some arguments about Samson. We'll get into that when we come to it. But that's what God does. He grabs, grabs someone and says, You. I'm going to use you. And you know, that's both exciting and terrifying. Because that's exciting because that means that God can even use someone like me. God can use me to do his work. And, and who knows what it's going to be. You know, who knows what where God's calling for me ends up being and what that ends up happening. You know, who knows what God's going to do here in St. James or the surrounding area. Who knows? Who knows? At the same time, that's terrible, because, terrifying because who knows? You know, who knows what God's going to do where, you know, you read through the book of Judges and I'll tell you what, it wasn't a comfortable life for them. Like, how would you like to be Gideon and have 300 men and go against an army of 100,000? Like, that would be terrifying, wouldn't it? You know, that's what God called them to. Jephthah was called to serve a bunch of people that hated him. They hated him. They drove him out because he was the son of a prostitute. And he was called to serve them and save them. Like, deck with you guys. You didn't like me before, and now you just want me. You know, you think about that, and think about the situations that these guys were put in. It wasn't easy situations. These are hard. They were driven into difficult places. And they were just normal people. Normal people that God put into hard situations that he then conquered through them. That's cool. Because that means that God can use any of us. You know, you don't have to be articulate or wise or... You don't need that. You don't have to be famous or powerful or rich. You don't need that. You need God. With God, all of these things worked out. The judges also were a specific... Had specific jobs. They were called to be military men. Because as you see here, the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them. So what was their job? Their job wasn't to be the spiritual leaders of the land. That's why they had the priests. That's why they had the Levites. That's why they had the prophets. 
not all Levites were priests, and so that's why I split that up. But that's why they had those, those men. Did those men do their jobs? Yeah, probably not quite as well as they should have been. Um, had they been doing their jobs better, maybe they wouldn't have gotten themselves into this situation. But they weren't the religious leaders. These were military leaders. These were political leaders, really, to some degree. But really, they weren't even supposed to be political leaders. Because they tried to make Gideon king, and he said, no, God is king. And then he tried to make himself with a priest, which was weird. Um, really was. Why did he make that ephod? Yeah, man, crazy stuff. And so the judges were meant to be military leaders. And that was it. They weren't meant to be kings. They, were meant, they weren't meant to be priests. They weren't even meant to be prophets. They were meant to be military leaders. And they did tell the people. They were to be witnesses because they were witnessing that God is the one who's doing this stuff. It's the Lord that we're supposed to be serving. It's not all of these other gods. These other gods aren't saving you. I'm a representative of the Lord. He is saving you. Follow him. And that's the point. And you'll realize that if you listen to any, really any great preacher or any decent preacher or maybe even any preacher worth his salt at all, that they're not going to take credit for what God is doing because it's the Lord who does this stuff. And that's what the judges were there for. They were also witnesses. It's the Lord that's saving you. He's using me, but it's the Lord. It's not Baal. It's not Ashtaroth. These are the ones that have failed you. All these other gods will fail you. You know, that's one of the great lessons we can bring into our world. Money's not going to make you happy. It's going to fail you. Pleasure's not going to make you happy. It's going to fail you. Ease isn't going to make you happy. It's going to fail you. The Lord satisfies. And the Lord alone. You know, as we raise up these other gods, the government's not going to satisfy you. The government's going to fail you. Laws, rules, jobs, people. Don't make me your, the center of your worship. You know, people do that to pastors. It's insane. Because pastors are going to fail you. It's the Lord. It's like, wow, God's really doing great things through him. It's like, well, then it means that God is doing great things. And the point isn't him or her or them. It's the Lord. Because one of the, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So that's actually a picture of Samson fighting the lion. I thought that was a pretty cool one. Tim said he liked having pictures up there because it gives him something to distract him. Um, Maybe I should give some coloring pages too. (laughs) I don't, is that, Jim, is that what he looked like? (laughs) Be careful of smarting off to the guy with the microphone. (laughs) The problem people of Israel had a problem. And their problem was, this is actually a picture of Molech. And you see what they're, what they're offering to Molech. Molech was one of the gods surrounding this area. He was one of the gods of the, of the nations there. And they sacrificed their children to Molech. And Molech was a god of power. You know, a god that gave you the ability to rule over others, was as far as I can tell from my research. Uh, Molech was a disgusting god, and I'm not going to get into it. But they went after these gods because they ignored the warnings and the teachings and the witnesses of God's men. They ignored, well, yet they did not listen to their judges. And, you know, that's important. They didn't listen to the ones 
who God used to bring material safety. They didn't listen to those people. They didn't listen to the representatives of God. They ignored them. And then, so what happens when you ignore God? Well, does that mean you just get to go and rule yourself? No, that means you're going to set up another God. That's the terrifying thing. You're going to remove God. You know, I think about that. That's what's going on in America right now. We're going to remove God from his position in the hierarchy. What happens? Well, then any crazy thing gets stuck up there. That's why these people think crystals have power. You know, like, what's going on here? Why are these people getting into horoscopes? Why is horoscopes becoming something? Really, people believe those things are real. Why? People think that the government is going to solve their problems. Like, really? Have you ever never studied history and looked at governments? Uh, That's why I like Ronald Reagan's quote, the six scariest words in the English language, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. You know, and it's like, that's terrifying. None of these things help. Once you remove God, once you ignore God's messengers, that it's God who's the one that does all of this, God's the one that brings prosperity. God's the one that brings peace. God's the one that brings meaning. It's the Lord that brings all of this stuff. None of these other things. It's not science. It's not technology. These things actually aren't, the science isn't the thing that's brought us the material prosperity that we have or the health that we have. Technology isn't either. God has blessed us and has used these things to bring these things, to bring prosperity, to bring ease, to bring health. You know, it's amazing how healthy we really are as Americans. It's crazy to think about at the same time. It's crazy to think about how sick we really are too. No offense to our medical people, but doctors can't bring health. It's God who works these things. He might use a doctor. He might use medicine, but it's God. So he gets put at that high position. So when we ignore God's messengers, we have to stick something else up there. People look to doctors to cure them. And it's like, that's insanity. Doctors are just humans. We need to look to God. Does God use doctors and nurses? Absolutely. You know, think of all of <laughs> I look out here and I think, you know, there's a lot of people here who have been in the hospital over the last ten and a half years or have been seriously ill for one reason or another. And God has used doctors and nurses, but it's God who's brought healing. You know, and so we listen to those who point us to God because God is the one that's doing these things. Because when we're not looking to God, we're whoring after something else. You know, and actually I, I had a, my Old Testament prof, the reason he liked, the, one of the reasons he liked the ESV is because it used the word whore. Um, strange. But, because it's so, it's such a disgusting word in the English language. You know, it's not glossed over at all. This is, this is the disgusting reality. And this is what happens when we forget about God. And this is one of the reasons why people forget about God. Because they, they sell themselves for ease, or luxury, or peace, or prosperity, or power. They sell themselves for those things. That's the idea of, of the whore. You know, she who is willing, or he who is willing to sell their body really give up their cleanness for the sake of an earthly good. 
And when God says that, he means it in a disgusting manner. Because that's how God approaches this. This isn't, well, you know, it's just a bad decision. Like, no. This is willful, intentional selling of yourself for an earthly passing thing. I'm going to give up a husband in order to be a whore. That's what God is saying. That's what they're doing. To give up one who's going to provide for you in all sorts of ways in order to sell yourself for a single thing. That's not going to satisfy you in the end. Isn't that a disgusting thought? That's what happens when we worship other things. That's what we do when we put other things before the Lord. That's how God views it. That's how God views it when, you know, the, Viking game, the Vikings game becomes more important than Christ. No, that's crazy. Does that mean you can't watch the Vikings? No, it just means you shouldn't. No, I <laughs> doesn't mean that. It means that it's got to be in its proper position. Does that mean that we shouldn't have jobs? No, not at all. It just means these things need to be in their proper position in the hierarchy. Because when we bow down to the things of this world, we are whoring after them. Knowing that God, who calls, who says he wants to be our husband. And note that. Because God wants to be our husband in the purest and in the best sense. He's not modeling his husbandry after me. He's calling me to model my husbandry after him. And so what does a husband do? A husband sacrifices himself for his wife. You know, a husband is the one who provides, who's supposed to be the one who, who brings all that is necessary and good into the home. Like that was the husband's call. He who does not provide for his own family is worse than an unbeliever. Like that's the husband's call. He's the one that's supposed to provide order and direction and boundaries within the home. And not within, just within the home, but outside. Like these are calls for a, hus- for a husband. You know, the wife has all sorts of other responsibilities. We're not getting into them. Because otherwise I'd be distracted. <laughs> but this is what God says he's, he wants to be for us. He says, I am offering myself for this position. I will be the one who provides for you. Seek me. I will be the one who guides you. Seek me. I will be the one who blesses you. Seek me. I will be the one who keeps the enemies at bay. Seek me. They say, you know, I, I actually want ease instead of all of those things. I'll find it myself. Thanks, God. I'm good. bowing down and worshiping something else. I'm going to worship the political parties. I'm going to worship democracy. I'm going to worship any of these earthly things. They can't do it. Worship psychology, psychiatry, medicine. Who knows? I'm going to worship those things. I'm going to make those things my center. God says, you're playing the whore. You're bowing down to the wrong things. You're not trusting your husband. Come back to me. It's like, but God, you're not doing what I want. God says, that's because I know best. Now I think about that with my children. One of the first things, you know, and the kids have been sick. We've been, you know, they've been watching movies because we've been trying to get them to rest. You know, and children are very good at resting. I just wonder if I could talk to a doctor about tranquilizer. No, no, that's not. (laughs) But, so we've been watching movies. The funny thing is, with one of our children, the first thing that she asks now, <laughs> when she gets up in the morning is, can we watch movies today? 
And it's like, no. Why? Because they're not good for you. Because <laughs> we actually know best. We know the long-term results. So also does God. So when we submit to him as being our Lord and as our Savior, as being our husband, we're saying, okay, God, I want your will because you know better. I'm going to do your will because you are wiser. When I say, you know what, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to run off and do my own thing. We're saying, God, I know better, and I can get what I want through my own means. So God answers the people. One of the great consistencies all throughout the book of Judges, and it's not spoken about right here in this passage, but the people came to the end of themselves and they cried out to the Lord. Sometimes it took a long time. Like the Israelites were under the Philistines for 40 years. That's a long time. I don't care how old you are. 40 years of your life is a long time. You know, but when the people cried out to the Lord, God raised up judges. God took pity upon the people of Israel. And this is a great thing. Because last week we talked about the anger of God. We talked about the wrath of God, right? And the wrath of God is a terrifying reality. Because God is scary when you really delve down into it. God is terrifying. Because if I harden my heart against God, who's going to save me from God? Josh? You know, really, who's going to save me from God? Me? I can't turn one of my hairs black or white, and I can't make more hair on my head grow. If I can't do that, how can I save myself from God? Was it Matt Chandler that joked? What is it going to be, kale and Pilates? You know, is that going to save you from God? No. God's not going to stand up in heaven and say, you know, I was going to kill him, but he's been eating kale. Because I can't do that. You know, think about that. Really? What's going to save us from God? And if God's wrath was ultimate, we'd all be done. At least I would. Many times over. Or maybe not you guys. But me, I'd be done. How many times have I turned from God? Said, you know, I'm going to do this my own way. The fall that way is better, God. Like, really? No. And the hardship comes and God, we call out to God and what does God do? God has pity upon us. Praise God for pity. That he, he reveals his love towards us. And he says, you've gotten yourself into something that's too deep for you. You can't get yourself out of this. I'll get you out. I'll get you out because of my pity. Not because you deserve it. Because what's pity? We can't earn pity. Pity is a grace. Like when I pity someone, it's because they are in such a situation that they've got no hope to get out. Like that's pity. Yeah, I pity someone who's sick because they have to wait until they can become healthy again. Until God brings health there. I pity that person. But you know, oftentimes when I pity a person, I don't have any power to help them. I feel bad. I'm sorry that that's happening. I can't get you out. I could make Bruce healthy. That would be amazing. But God hasn't given me that ability, at least not that I know of. And so God has pity on them. He gives them that grace. But not only does he just give them pity, he's not just empathizing. Yeah, that's, that's a terrible situation you've gotten yourself into. Good luck getting out. 
God says, I'm going to raise up judges. And that's the people that God uses. God raises someone up. That's why we had a first look at who is a judge. Because God uses people who aren't moral authorities. Because you know what? Gideon wasn't a moral authority. Samson wasn't a moral authority. Barak wasn't a moral authority. You know, he was a coward. (laughs) He only did it because Deborah finally said, fine, go and do it. I'm going to come with you, but you're not going to get any of the glory. He said, okay, I'll do that. Really? God just said he's going to save Israel out of your hand, and you say, ah, I'm good. I don't want to. Yeah. These are the people that God uses. God uses whomever God chooses to use. You know, that's, that's great. Because that means he could use me. That means he could use you. That means that God doesn't require someone to be absolutely holy before he uses them. Think about that. Have you ever heard someone say, you know, I'm just not, I, I don't think I'm mature enough to do that. I don't think I know enough to do that. I, I don't think my relationship with God is strong enough to do that. All of those are just pathetic, shallow excuses. Because that's saying, I'm trusting myself, I'm not willing to trust God. God used judges because he wanted to show the world that you don't have to trust yourself, you can trust me. You don't have to trust any earthly thing. It, I'm kind of curious as I go through the book of Judges again now, if all of these men are going to have specific, like, different failings. (laughs) You know, as we walk through that, one of the things we're going to look at is the failings of the judges. Why? Because we have to know that God can use us even though we fail. I don't strive to fail, but I do. I don't desire to be a bad husband and father, but you know what? Sometimes I look at what I've done and it's like, yeah, that wasn't best. Don't ask, don't ask Kirsten about that. Though. But God used judges. God used sinful people to save his people from the situation that they've gotten themselves into because of their sin. That was the goal. Ultimately, so that the people of Israel could realize that these other gods don't save them. They need the Lord. Really, think about it. How often has pride gotten you out of a bad situation into a good one? Ever? That proud person, you know, that things always go well for them. No. So God says, don't trust your pride. Don't listen to it. Trust me. Listen to me. Walk with me. Oh, I couldn't do that. People would look look at me like I'm a fool. It's like, so what? Better to walk with God and be thought a fool than to not walk with God and be a fool. Yeah, I kind of like that. I'm going to have to save that one in my mind. But God saved them. God did that. He saved them. So what happens then when we turn to God? What happens when we look to God? God? God raises someone up. God... Helps us through. How many times have you had a question of God and then heard something on the radio that answered it? Or reading your Bible. Or, you know, even that God might even use me. I've had people come to me and say, how did you know that I was thinking about this? God just answered that through the sermon. It's like, what's God doing? Essentially, he's raising up judges to answer those questions. 
I'm currently reading a fiction book, and God's answered some question that, I, that I've had through this book. It is weird. I'll be reading that, and God will open my eyes and say, see, that you need to know that right there. Even weirder, it's Japanese. You know, like, <laughs> crazy stuff. But that's God. How big is God? How powerful is God? He can even use sinful men. He can even use sinful people to work salvation. And so as we interact with this world, do we have any reason to, to be worried, terrified, afraid? It's like, no, God... Jesus goes so far as to say, God can raise... Or John... Uh, John the Baptist said, God can raise up sons of Abraham from these stones. God can use rocks. He doesn't need us. He wants us. God can use me. I just, well, in the men's Bible study, one of the things they talked about was there was an African-American preacher, and he started out a sermon saying, yes, Lord. And then he kept saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I actually was reading that. I was like, I wonder what they would do if I did that. And because then the people started responding back to the preacher. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. You all would sit there wondering what happened to Pastor Joe. Um, And then finally the preacher stopped and he says, Lord, you know our answer. Now tell us the question. What is your request? You know, there's truth to that. Because if God can use judges, God can use us. What's God calling you to? What does he want in your life? Don't make those shallow excuses. I'm not enough. God used Samson. God used Gideon. God used Jephthah. Jephthah. God used Barak. God used these people. He can use us. And we never look down upon someone and say, yeah, you know, God couldn't use them. No, we trust that God will. Because we trust God, not people. So God can work through anybody. Praise God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you work. Lord, that you are powerful, wise, great, grand. Lord, we thank you. Lord, as we interact with this world, pray that you would grant us wisdom. Lord, to turn to you and to cry out to you. Lord, that we wouldn't whore after these other gods. But then we would look to you and make you our husband. Trusting you and submitting to you. Serving you. Lord, that you might be glorified in this world. May that be our end. Lord, our goal, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.